Dunn spun away, looking, shooting! Dunn with a goal! Well done by And welcome to this episode of Diaspora United. I am here. I'm Courtney Stith. I'm joined by Sandra Herrera and, and Anna D'Souza. We are here to talk all things CONCACAF W Championship. If you were following me on Twitter yesterday, you saw I had an unreasonably long thread covering all six. I mean, there were more than six matches, but the six big matches from yesterday that determined who will join the U.S. and Canada in Monterey, Mexico this July. Um, so, guys, how are you doing? Good. Hype to talk about CONCACAF on Diaspora and with Anna and with you. And we got to show some love, right? I think I know you can attest to this, Courtney. Like we've been doing our best to try to show love to CONCACAF on the CBS side of things. But I just sort of feel like it's just never enough, in my opinion. So I'm glad that we're like linking up here in this space to, to do that. So thank you for inviting us. Oh, yes, of course. Um, and just for the people who don't know, so what quali- So what just concluded of the CONCACAFW championship was a qualifier stage, which involved four matches uh, for each team in two international windows. Um, and I just want to give a quick, and the draw for the tournament in July will happen next Monday. And I just want to give a quick rundown of all the teams that made it from the qualifier stage into the official championship stage uh, leading or the winners of group a Mexico uh, went per, as you will learn in a few minutes. Um, most of the winners of these groups went perfect uh, winning all four of their matches with some ridiculous goal differentials. Uh, Mexico's goal differential was 34 and they conceded no goals. Uh, and we're going, we're definitely going to hit, talk about them later. Cause I know I'm very, very excited about this program. Uh, the winners of group B Costa Rica also went perfect four wins out of four with a, plus 22 goal differential with no goals conceded group C Jamaica also went four for four, 22 goals. Uh, their goal differential was plus 22, but they did concede two goals group D winners, Panama also four for four, 24 goal differential conceded, no goals group E winners, Haiti four for four as well in terms of wins. Uh, their goal differential was kind of crazy. Plus 44. They're just goals everywhere uh, for Haiti, conceded no goals, and Group F winners, Trinidad and Tobago, they had three wins and one draw, drawing actually uh, Guyana yesterday in a very fun 2-2 draw. They conceded three goals, and their goal differential was plus 16. Um, So that's a little bit of the lay of the land um, for what the teams were expecting to see in July. So I just want to start off off the top. Got to start. We saw some incredible performances over these last two international windows. Who are some of y'all's favorite players to watch? And Sandra, do you want to start or? Yeah, you could kick us off. Okay. Yeah. So hello, everyone. Uh, Courtney, thank you for having me. I didn't really um, oh, yeah, we did say hello. But my, yeah, um, my name's Anna. Uh, founder of Football Ace. And I was for Congo for three years. Let them um, know, Anna. Let them know who and you externally. are. And uh, yeah, I know right now I'm going through. Uh, transition and studying doing some uh continuing education so you know sometimes you gotta stop to keep going up (laughs) right so no so to answer your question Courtney some players to watch obviously you have uh the the NWSL players or players that have been around the NWSL scene like Raquel Rodriguez um as well as you know Jimena Lopez uh, played a fantastic match um previously you also have 
uh, the Liga MX Stars, which I'll leave that to Sandra. Um, and then also we have uh, Khadija Shaw from Jamaica. We have Jody Brown. We have Chinelu Asher playing uh, in the dam. You also have Nochi Di Mornay playing in France. And she has a little bit of a nick right now with her hamstring, but I'm pretty sure by July she'll be 100% ready to go. Um, we also have Lynette Seno from Panama. She's currently playing in Italy. Fantastic player, very young, very, you know, uh, with with promising futures, right? So um, that's pretty much my take on it. Sandra, um, I'll leave Mexico uh, to you. Just because yeah, I mean, your, your pride, your pride and joy. My pride, my right, my little, my shout out to all my my mijas representing. I, I honestly, I just before I even like get into like players, I just am like the fact that this competition even existed was like a big deal for me on a personal level. Like the whole concept of and this whole process of finally being like, listen, there needs to be an expanded format for the region, the CONCACAF region, especially on the, the women's side of the game, to sort of have this happening before the actual, like, World Cup qualifiers for me is, like, was such a huge deal, right? And, of course, I know for, like, me and you, Courtney, we were obviously hyped about it for Paramount Plus reasons and CBS reasons and all that. But on a on a personal level, especially, like, talking about it on this podcast, like, on the Diaspora podcast, like what that means to other nations and other programs that are not at a, at a level that they want to be quite yet. Like this type of competition, this level of competition is just so important. Like that cannot be, that's, it's understated how important it is. You know, I think everybody gets really fixated on the big two in this region, whether it's Canada or United States. And then everybody sort of looks at every, all the other 40 something nations as as national teams and countries who are just kind of like fighting for whatever's left and i've always kind of hated that perception and that narrative around it it's it's really unfortunate that it exists but we're starting i think with something like this like we're starting to see and feel a shifting of things a little bit there has to be that first step right and i just sort of feel like this was this was kind of that first step. And in terms of like players, I mean, we're talking about 30 countries that were represented in this competition, this qualifier round, six groups, 30 teams, right? You can go nearly through every single team and point out a player that you, that any of us might've been high on, right? And I think Anna said it best, we're like for, uh, for the American audiences, they were probably going to be fixated on um, any connections to like the NWSL side of things um, in terms of players who are going to be uh, representing the league in that aspect. But the truth is like, when you look through some of these rosters, there's a lot of like American collegiate like stars that you can go mm -hmm. through this and sort of see uh, the, the influences that they have among their teams as well. Like a, whether it's like a city Cummings from, from Guyana, right. Or we're talking, we were talking a little bit off mic about, about Puerto Rico. And we know that there's some, some Florida connections there with, with that squad, but also sort of seeing with a, a program like, like Mexico and sort of knowing and watching their story arc from the last qualifiers. I mean, they had a failure to qualify and that was, I think something that kind of really kickstarted things for that program, they were embarrassed, man. They did not feel good about 
failing to make that 2019 World Cup and the program had to go through some things. And this was in 2019 where there was a Liga MX Femenil already in, in place, right? But still very young. And it's still a very young league. But I think what we saw, what we saw in this competition was kind of the, you know, the the harvesting of, of the fruits when it comes to having a league that you can play in and continue developing uh, your level of play. And we just saw really, really dominant performances from these players out of Mexico in this second round of matches, whether it was matches in February or the matches in April, like Moni Vergara taking over this team. I had concerns, but that wasn't because of her capability. I know she's was more than able. I had like, you know, post like PTSD from the Federation. I'm like, are they going to support this, this woman that they just put in place as, as head coach? Is she going to be given resources? Is she going to be given a fair shot in terms of being given a certain amount of space to help grow this team? And it turns out the answer was like, yes. And we got to see Vergara get this team together more than they have ever in the past in terms of getting together during international windows and having matches against other teams, going overseas and playing games, um, and having still having that mix, that kind of traditional mix of Liga MX Feminil players, NWSL players, collegiate players, still kind of having that mix of all that. So I loved a lot of the players that were obviously putting together these really good performances for, for Mexico, but I also loved watching a lot of these other collegiate players representing some of these other nations. I already mentioned Cummings out of Guyana, but, you know, watching watching somebody like a, like a Yesenia Flores for, for Nicaragua, you know, was mm-hmm. outrageous. She, like, threw up a bunch of goals in, in a massive win against Turks and Caicos, right? So there's there's a ton of players, I think, that you can look at on each team and kind of say, like, this was someone who stood out, that was someone who stood out, this was someone who stood yeah. out. Well, for you, I want to hear you, Courtney. Yeah, um, and so I will say, you know, I've been... <laughs> by the nature of my job having to work a little bit in men's soccer uh for a lot of these I mean I watched uh, like all the games from this past kind of qualifying window but for the ones before and I was honestly shout out to like attacking third of Paramount Plus like putting out the extended highlights on YouTube I was like yes sometimes thank you, you can't watch every game <laughs> sometimes you need a nice little you know eight nine ten minute package be like thank you this is all I needed to see um <laughs> well definitely one player who and I mean, I've technically been watching her for years, but talking about like a, a collegiate player, um, Jody Brown of Jamaica is just Yo. like just balls out every single time and doesn't, and it just like doesn't matter who she's playing against. Watching her yesterday, I was just like, she is just like being absolutely spectacular. Um, and I completely agree. There are definitely standout players from each roster. I particularly enjoyed seeing um, like watching front threes and seeing how they interchanged. Yeah. Um, but also I want to give a shout out to a lot of the goalies from... Oh. The, like the there were some I mean we did see a whole bunch of golazos but we also saw some incredible goalkeeping performances um like last night um Serrano for El Salvador against Panama was just like like talk about I mean I tweeted a few times of like keepers like standing on their heads but it was just like some keepers were like I am doing everything in my power to keep yeah. you from scoring and it was really really good to see I mean I'm a huge fan of um Bailey from Panama as well like just and I, th- I don't know, I think for me, watching a lot of these teams, like, still kind of progress over the course of qualifying. I mean, we all know, especially in CONCACAF, but kind of in um, women's football as a whole, there are definitely, like, 
um, teams who are necessarily quote unquote supported by their federations and teams who are not. And even having a comp like a competition like this, like kind of maybe forcing the edge of a few confederations to like, um, you know, put together teams and things like that, which I don't know, maybe previously they might not have for being our most honest selves. Um, but just seeing each team kind of grow over the course um, has also been just really fun. I mean, yeah, I'll, I can shout out a few other keepers. Cuba's Matamoro was also standing on her head last night. I mean, like they did, Cuba did end up conceding six goals, but the majority of them happened in like pretty much towards the tail end of the second half. I would say we all agree. We talked about this in pre that um, most of those games were like really, really tight until about the 60th minute, except for Trinidad and Tobago um versus Guyana which I thought I mean I look I thought I jinxed them when I was like I don't know Guyana's like two minutes two minutes was stoppage time away from the win um and then of course I got that equalized in last minute like literally almost the last kick of the game and I was like heartbreakers 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 um but yeah and I mean of course if you were listeners of Diaspora United um you know we'd always shout about Bunny Shaw turns out last night she with her brace, she's now the all-time leading scorer for Jamaica, men's or women's Yo. international. So shout out to that. Gareth Taylor, play her more. <laughs> this yes. is something. <laughs> Never yes. stop shouting. Not a shout out. out. That now it's a call out. It went from a shout out <laughs> to a call out. I'm here for it. Absolutely. But yeah, it's always, it is definitely always nice to see, um, especially like, it's always nice when you're like, oh yeah, top time, like leading scorer for this nation is a women's player. Like, doesn't matter. Um, and so, Really, really fun to see. Um, but I do want to move a little bit over talking more generally about teams. Um, and so now we have eight teams going to um, Monterey in July, two groups of four. Um, and so I'm curious from both of your standpoints, which are the which of these top eight teams are their best suited, and this is including the US and Canada, um, are best suited to be upset or to like do the upsetting? Like who do you think is going to come out and be like, we're just to, I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of Mexico, but like, we're just taking names. We don't care who's standing in our way. Um, and then on the flip side, like who is like, Oh, wow. We did. We're not prepared for this. Um, well, on my side, uh, Haiti has been really good. They had a really good run, uh, women's Olympic qualifying. Um, and obviously I'm not going to take my shirt off, but, uh, Costa Rica is pretty dominant. I would say they're getting much better than they were. I would say, a year and a half ago or like two years ago um I think a lot of the players both in Haiti and Costa Rica they've matured a lot like you have Priscilla Chinchilla playing professionally in Scotland right and alongside with um with Janine Benwick right a very experienced very experimented player and you know it's just it's just great to see all these players, at least on the Haiti as well playing all professionally in, in France whether it be division one division two more of them are in division one now Right. So it's like, uh, I would say two years ago, I wasn't like, it was kind of like the beginning of that cycle, but now you're two years in. So I'm very excited to, to see those two teams. And of course, Mexico, um, Mexico is just a fantastic team to watch. Um, and I'll, I'll let Sandra, um, continue. Also quick, out, quick shout out for Mondesir of Haiti. She plays for Montpellier. Um, I don't, and yeah. just, so I was gonna say, let's talk more about Haiti. Let's not talk about Mexico. We should we should talk more about Haiti. I mean, they uh gosh, they really went and they just wrecked their group, man. Like yeah. 44 goal plus 44 oh. goal differential. Like getting... oh my god. They yeah, and it's really interesting it. too. It's really interesting too, because it's this is, this is like the same 
generation or rather the same core group that went to the under 20 world cup in yep. 2018 so it's just like the same kids and for me that I worked in combat for a while and I've been involved for a while at least on the international side it's like I, I met literally Melchie Jim Renee when she was like 12 and now she's like an adult and well almost an adult and it's like you see them and they they just dare to shine you know the slogan of 2019 World Cup was dare to shine and these people you know they just they just want to they just want to prove themselves they just want to play you know Haiti as a country um they've gone through a lot of adversity right so they're extremely strong resilient people and it, it and it also piggybacks off kind of like to the I would say the Jamaica run in 2018, right? When they qualify for the World Cup, it's like Caribbean people have some special like glitter, some special spark in them. It's like my family's also Caribbean. So it's like, we we don't, we don't give up, right? It's like, we have that diehard mentality of like, you don't give up. You just keep going, keep going, keep going, put your head down, work, 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 work. And you yeah. just keep going. So that trans, I feel like that translates to the, that translates to the field. And I'm very, very excited to see um, these teams just grind it out equally as Jamaica as well. Um, I think it's going to be very competitive as far as uh, competition. What are your thoughts, Sandra? No, I'm with you. I've, I'm, and I'm in agreement too. Like, with there's something about there's something about Costa Rica, man. Like, so looking at Costa Rica, especially during these qualifiers, like in the group that they were um, that they were going up against, I just feel like. <clears throat> excuse me i just feel like they kind of have shown that they're this team that can get stronger as like a competition mm -hmm. goes on which i think like if you're looking at the way these competitions are structured the group play and stuff like that that can only be a benefit to mm -hmm. a, a national team going like head to head with other national teams so i'm i'm curious as to the draw that's going to take place and how they're going to get drawn and if cost if, if costa rica finds themselves <laughs> aligned in some scenario where it's like it's them or, or Canada and uh, or, or Haiti or something like I think that there's like could be some upsets in, in yeah. here and even if it's like I mean I'm talking like even if it's like a draw or something like that's considered an upset if you pull a draw off of like one of the big two heavyweights right that's a, a very big deal and anything and anything could happen so I just feel like with them in particular their ability to just sort of show that they can get stronger as group play progresses is a little bit of an X factor for the Tika. So I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, we talked about Haiti and like all the goals that they put up, but they're going to be facing some similar opposition, but also a little bit different opposition. I don't know if like this next level of qualifiers might have a different sort of intensity to where maybe they're not posting as many goals as they did in this, in, in these qualifier rounds. And that's, and that's okay. Right. That that's what happens when you're getting these teams together to compete for a spot in the world cup. Like it's not supposed to be easy by any, by any yeah. means, but it's going to be, I think a, a different type of test for them and a, a different type of experience for them because they still technically are such a young group of players like even though they've been together a while they're still very they're very young so so we'll see uh with, with that but I think there's like three to four teams I think that out of the eight that that are going to be participating or even just out of the six that we're talking about from the qualifier rounds that we're probably keeping an eye on and I think you got your your big three in 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 Costa Rica Mexico Jamaica 
that we're constantly going to be talking about in some capacity, but I, I would absolutely maybe kind of expand that a little bit to like the X factor team to watch might be like a Haiti or even a Trinidad and Tobago. So we'll see this. This is a, we haven't been talking about the Trinidadians, but we should maybe talk about them now, but this is again, another team that's been together for a little while. They also have experience coming off of that 2019 qualifiers posting up some upsets there against Mexico as well. So it's like, it, this is, these are some teams that you just have to like pay attention to uh, a little bit. I think yeah. more than you would prior to the past. I think having this preliminary stage of qualifiers uh, is incredibly beneficial for these, for these teams. And I think it's the qualifiers, the world cup qualifiers that take place in July are going to have a much different look and feel to them than they did in, in 2019 by far. Yeah. yeah, Sandra, and, and sorry, just to piggyback off Trinidad and Tobago, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2019 and 2014, um, they were, um, they almost qualified to the yeah. World Cup, like, versus yeah. Costa Rica, they went on, on PKs, and it's, like, kind of like the same core group, yeah. where you have, you know, Leanna Hines, you have Lauren Hutchison, which retired three times. She scores a game-winning goal. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the heck, Hutch? That's what I'm saying, dude. This is a it's a no, program. Sh- it's a program yeah. that's not unfamiliar with being that kind of potentially upset type of team. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for just all of very, it. very resilient players. Uh, they don't give up. Um, they've gone through so much, so 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 much. And, yeah, and it's just incredible how you know, like I mentioned before, the Caribbean. I would say mentality is like you just get up, you go, you keep going, you don't back out, you don't fight, you don't stop fighting, right? And I guess the same thing would go towards Panama. I don't think we touched on Panama. You know, 2018, they were that team was a U20 team, straight up. You yep. like barely U20, like maybe more U17, right? And the fact that you know we see Hillary Hine just playing in the U20 championship just a little while ago and also on the senior team and she was still part of that 2018 I would say glorious generation of uh that they almost qualified to the world cup right so um it's going to be exciting a lot of those uh Panamanians did go off and play you know Jenny Libertadores um uh, you have Eric Hernandez who played also in, in, in Comebo in Argentina. You have Marta Cox in Leon, right? It's like they're pretty much getting exposed, a handful of them. And like I previously mentioned, Italy, Spain. So before they weren't exposed to quote-unquote professional ball, but now, you know, they're being globalized and being exported out, which is, I, I guess, a great um, attribute to, to development. And hopefully, you know, in July, we'll see much, much closer markers, right? Than I would say 2018, and that's something I'm really excited about. Um, but Corny, what, what are your thoughts? I'm sorry, I keep. Yeah, we want to oh, hear. No, it's about. okay. Honestly, well, which of the eight teams that you're you're looking at? <laughs> well, I, I do want to touch on that kind of never say die attitude uh, that that yeah. you, you mentioned because that was one thing, especially from Trinidad and Tobago, like. I mean, getting that equalizer in the 90th minute um, and just like, I think for a lot of probably maybe US and even Canada fans um, that are probably just like expecting July to be a cakewalk for them. (laughs) They're like about to get like a really, a really rude awakening. Um, And then I feel like that happens like almost every qualifier too. Like did, like we look at 2019, like did Panama lose against the United States? Yeah. But like, 
was it a cakewalk? No. And did the world get introduced to, you know, Janet Bailey? Like, yes. And it was like, it's always this like surprise element to it. I love it. But go keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay. But yeah, just watching that, that never say die attitude. And I mean, really for her, like, I do want to say, like, I think um, coming out of yesterday, probably like Panama and Trinidad and Tobago probably had the two hardest matches. Um, mm-hmm. And that were like the most like, uh, con- like content and like the most contention at point. So just seeing that, like, I mean, I don't want to describe it as like balls to the wall, but yeah, just kind of like that never say die attitude of like, we're just going to keep going. And like, <laughs> like even when, yeah. I mean, there were some, I describe uh, as like really crunchy tackles yesterday that I was like, mm-hmm. so many yellow cards and it was just, you know, you get back up and you keep going. Um, for teams, I definitely think um, are going to be, I mean, I honestly, I think both Canada and the US are going to be upset at some point. May, will they lose? I have no idea. It depends what roster choices are happening. But I mean, we even saw I was up late watching um, the Nigeria Canada game and Canada needed like a really late equalizer to like yes. you know, get, get the, the tie. tie. So I um, for the teams that I think are probably going to be the largest upset contenders, I mean, teams we've have mentioned, but um, Jamaica and Mexico, I think to me are my two, like the two teams I'm really going to keep an eye on. Um, I mean, what Mexico has done. I, I would tweet it yesterday, but I was kind of that um, that meme of Jason Sudeikis, where I think he's at like the Emmys or the Oscars or something. And he's just like sitting on his computer like this, just like enjoying those. Like me watching uh, Mexico yesterday. I also have to shout out um, Diana Ordonez because go who's. Um, but I've been watching her for a few seasons because I went to UVA and, you know, followed the program. And I was like, like Mexico, um, her deciding to join Mexico, I was like, that is a huge get for Mexico. So I'm really excited to see her going forward as well. Um, but I'm just, I'm honestly really hype about Jamaica. I mean, seeing them through 2018, competing in the World Cup 2019, but I think what just kind of what the program has done in general, um, especially with Sadella Marley, I mean, uh, Sandra, I know that you talked to her on your podcast as well, yeah. but like, I'm just kind of honestly kind of hype about the entire team, like not only just NWSL players or former NWSL players, but um, like uh, Chinedu Asher, but also I was like, can I have a conversation about Allison Swaby? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would like to talk about her. Uh, but you know, that front, like, I just think um, those are probably the two teams I am really, really excited to watch, but also um, the front three of Panama yesterday, just like, I mean, the, I think I, what was it at the end of the game, the gold, the shot difference, Panama had 22 to maybe El Salvador's 11. I think it was something like that. But there's just, um, even though I never 100% want to focus on attackers, there's also some really good attacking like powers out of all these teams. And I mean, well, I mean, this is technically transitioning to uh, the next question of like teams that didn't make it, but had some really standout performances like um, the Dominican Republic yesterday. And Gonzalez had just like worldy just a worldie from deep out of the park and I think a lot of these teams going um into Monterey in July can do things like that and so there's just going to be like there are definitely going to be more ties and people are expecting um the games are just going to be really really competitive which I'm really excited about because I do think for the most part people think of CONCACAF and they think of U.S. and Canada um and no one else and I feel like this tournament July is really going to change a lot of people's opinions about it I feel like it might be the next step right like we sort of talked, like I opened the sub, like, and I wanted to talk about just like the fact that the competition happened as a whole, like the fact that there was a qualifiers for the qualifiers, mm-hmm. you know, it was like 
cool and i think that like talk like referring to it referring to it as like a first step like and then july will be like maybe this next step for certain national teams yeah and to uh, kind of piggyback off uh sandra i mean the qual the pre-qualifiers always exist but they were regionalized yep right so like Mm -hmm. central america would only play central america and like on occasion you throw in mexico they're in the early uh years of uh you know women's football but then you only had like caribbean right and i think what makes congrats so unique and when when i worked there was one of my favorite things is like you know you have caribbean ball and you have central american ball right and they're they're different man they're just very different and seeing those two styles just collide right it's it's fascinating i was super super happy to see you know a Costa Rica St. Kitts because we all saw St. Kitts play their hearts out and you know try their very very best in women's Olympic qualifying and they did knock out a handful of uh you know Trinidad and Dominican Republic in women's Olympic qualifying qualifiers right so it's 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 just awesome to see you know now finally the women's side is getting the same I would say developmental model as the men's side with like Nations League and and the combined World Cup qualifiers and, you know, on the men's side, you definitely can see um, it being developed and very excited to see, like, five, ten years' time how the region's, like, football is going to look like from a, from a development standpoint, right? So um, those are kind of my takes in the format of this competition. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really hope we get – I can't remember who I was tweeting yesterday, but the fact that, like – we only saw all of these games as the, like the final game of qualifiers. And it's like, honestly, Mexico versus Puerto Rico home and away. <laughs> like, like give me yeah. games in these series. <laughs> like, I want to see these teams like play again, like a few other times. And I mean, I, I know this now because, um, you know, I am like, I do work on the men's side. So I've seen kind of that whole, um, the process kind of matriculate from start to finish. And I'm like, I really, um, like that is I want to see more games like and also the mm-hmm. and I mean I feel like this is just kind of an unfortunate part of the reality for um women's soccer to hold globally of like sometimes you kind of need to like force teams to play to like get money through the federation and to the players and things like that and while it's not perfect in the slightest like even just the thing of like hello we're now like instead of four games we're getting you to play eight or something like that um yeah is something that I'm definitely like really want to happen going forward. Cause these games are like so much fun. Like I would, I was like, I'll watch five rounds of Trinidad and Tobacco versus Guyana. Like I'll just watch it over and over again. Like that. I was having a great time. I love that. So many of these things, like with this competition and we're talking about like how the reformatting is coming into play for the region. Like, I love that. I mean, so many of these groups were like in play for the final match day. Like, I love that. That was, like, probably another one of my favorite things is, like, yeah, just keep, like, April 12th circled on your calendar because there's going to be a ton of games that there's going to be a ton of groups that come down to this to this match day, you know? And I I just I just love that so, so much. I mean, you want you hear that argument, right, where people are like and we're even like we even like saw or like heard some of it like even with these this qualifier rounds where it's like oh like where's look at this level of competition or look at this or what are you learning like from these games and it's like that's always going to be there but it's also like on the other side of that it's like yeah all of these groups are coming down to their final match day though so you can't mm-hmm. you're not going to convince me otherwise that they didn't matter or they weren't competitive in a certain angle is is 
is there still going to be that argument that programs still need additional resources, matches, and everything else? Yeah, of course. But you're not going to like steal my joy and say that this wasn't a, a competitive fixture or that these games didn't matter, especially not when on the calendar, five to six of the groups came down to one to one match day, you know, and last match day on top of that. So uh, I'm I'm here for it. I love the restructuring of it. If CONCACAF, you know, adds more into the mix, I'm, I'm here for that, too. Um, and uh, in terms of like this transition and transitioning into July, I think, I think it sounds like we're all in agreement. Like we're going to, we're going to see that play out this summer as well in terms of things kind of coming down to those, those, maybe those final match days or those narrow margins on the field. Yeah, 100%. And one thing that I do want to touch on is, um, you know, we did, we have mentioned a few times that a lot of these matches did come down. And I, I mean, I think maybe with the exception of the Mexico match, they scored (laughs) three goals in the first what 26 minutes um but for you know for I would I would argue for the majority of these matches that it wasn't until probably the 60th minute um and for Panama even later and uh Trinidad and Tobago it it wasn't it definitely was not a cakewalk um and we had the opportunity for some of those upsets um and so I just want to touch on a few of the teams that did not make it but you know um I mean Mm -hmm. I I tweeted out those screenshots I was like guys tied on points like Mm -hmm. obviously sometimes goal differential is different but like if you know if you notch a draw or um like not to draw for one team or you know get a sneak a win that's your whole like everything changes so I just want to give some shout outs to um Puerto Rico I mean we mentioned them um and Roque from uh I feel like a few of our Dasper United listeners um, will recognize that name because she's a keeper for Florida State, um, but also St. Kitts, the Dominican Republic. Oh. Shout out to Vanessa Carr, who we only saw get a few minutes uh, for racing Louisville in the NWSL, but she, her and the uh, Olvedo sisters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Jaslyn. I tweeted about it. We're, we're oh, she up. Yeah. stole someone's soul. I felt. So, I was like, <laughs> you can't steal someone's soul like this. They got families. She got. She tore. She literally had the the cheekiest little move and just absolutely torch someone on the wing yesterday. Oh. Um, but also uh, El Salvador uh, and Cuba and even I mean Guyana like heart so heartbreaking like last minute equalizer. Um, you know, just want to give it some shout outs to them because honestly, Concord qualifying is, is not easy at all. I mean, we mentioned it, but, uh, pre, but, you know, maybe not like the best fields, things like that only coming together a few days before matches there's, but also thinking like potentially, um, I think at one point, what in the Trinidad, it was a Haiti Cuba game. It was like really terrible rain conditions, like where they came back from a halftime. And I was like, a lot of things have changed in 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, I just want to give a give some shout outs to them. And they're also to me team that you should 100 percent keep an eye on. Cause I mean, uh, not only with this W uh championship, you you know qualify for the World Cup, uh, one team qual- automatically qualifies for the Olympics. Um, but there's also qualifications for the new W, the women's gold cup that yep. will happen eventually. I can't remember exactly when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, but, I think it's 2024. Uh, 20, 20, yeah, 2024. Yeah, after after the World Cup, which yeah. I think is smart, right? Because you're going to have a lot of that enthusiasm still, you know, kind of like we, we talk a lot about soccer, that World Cup bump, right? In terms of the women's game and, and the eyes that are on it. So I think it's smart to sort of have it in 2024, but this is all coming into play. Like, even now in 2022, this is all playing a role for two years from now. 
Right. And honestly, two years is not a lot of time. Uh, It's simultaneously a lot of time, but also not a lot of time because all of a sudden the 2023 World Cup is (laughs) bearing, staring (laughs) us uh, straight down. Um, But switching a little bit to the coaching side, because I know at least yesterday, um, Northern Ireland lost to England and their coach came out and said uh, that basically to the gist of, oh, it's it's easy for teams to concede a second goal because the players get too emotional after the first goal conceding. And I was like, Oh, well, have you, I've watched seven teams, seven yeah. men's teams on the club level implode in like literally five minutes last weekend, but okay. Um, yeah, that's, well, a, that's a take, but okay. I was like, I was like, like saw, saw Roma score literally two goals in three minutes uh, this past weekend, but which coaches are you guys ha- um, keeping an eye on heading into Monterey? Cause I think for also um, a lot of these matchups, it, they're going to be, you know, fun tactical matchups. And for a lot of them, it might just be a game of inches of who's setting up their team right and having them play in the right way. So which coaches are you keeping an eye on going into Monterey? I mean, I mean, look, this, this is, this is probably, this is where, this is like where I'm going to be like, okay, like I'm going to talk, say more about it. Cause I guess like mentioning it earlier, you know, I mentioned it earlier when I'm talking about Monica Vergara, like, I'm just very, very impressed with this team, Mexico's team, and kind of how they have kind of made this quick turnaround, right, to become another team to watch, you know, during during this whole process when it comes to qualifiers. So I'm taking a look at all of this and thinking who is actually going to be you know, the, the team that's going to come out, like, are we going to see a different type of team from what we saw, even in just this qualifier rounds from Mexico? And I don't know if we're going to see a different type of team, but I think we're going to see a team that's even more hungry, you know, and we're going to see a team that's, that that's going to be playing this qualifier in their home country, you know? And I kind of had to take the night before where I was talking about, you know, a lot was made about some of these final match days, and how there's going to be some a high level of competition with these teams going head to head. And with these two teams going head to head, Puerto Rico and Mexico, I was like, yeah, there's, it's, there's excitement there and you don't know what's going to happen until the game happens. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I was like, I've been watching this Mexico team play and we've been seeing money, money, but got out rolling out her lineups during this entire qualifying round. And you're not going to tell me that on the final match day, the game that counts the most, that Vergara and this squad is going to come out here unprepared or be timid or play back or anything like that. No, they were absolutely the complete opposite. They're going to be the hosts of this uh, uh, CONCACAF championship in the summer. You think they don't want to be there? That's a joke. You know, they are absolutely fueled by what happened in 2019. And they're re-motivated now, I think, because of a coach like her. You could tell the players and they're buying to her program and what she, whatever she's spitting, they're buying. And you could sort of see this kind of mutual relationship in terms of defined, redefining success for this Mexico side. So I'm absolutely, like I've already been an eye on, on this team and, and, and Vergara as a head coach, and I'm eager to sort of continue just watching that in this in this qualifier. Um, I, I want to see uh, I want to see that continued belief. I think that's always been something that has maybe been missing a little bit 
from this Mexican side is uh, is the belief. There's always been maybe a little bit of uh, mentality where it's like, we're happy to be here and we're going to go out there and compete because we are so honored to be representing Mexico. And that's all great. All of that comes in when into play when you are, you know, going and, and, and representing a national team. But the, the belief in that you can go out there and go toe to toe and and steal a victory. I, I haven't seen that kind of killer instinct, right? We praise the team like the U.S. Women's National Team for that and a lot of things. And I think with a lot of other CONCACAF nations, you just sort of have that, like Anna alluded to, like, oh, hardworking mentality and never give up. Um, but I think maybe a little bit of that killer instinct we might see come into play. I mean, my God, they got a player on the team that they nicknamed Killer, you know, and Kathy Martinez. So it's like, I love that. Give me more of that. So I'm I'm keeping an eye on on, on Vergara and her rotations and how she's gonna and how she's gonna run things at home with her with her team. For sure, for sure. And just like I guess piggyback off Sandra. Um it, I, I really enjoy seeing uh, more female coaches this time around, right? I think the first uh, in 2018, we had, I think, two. I think it was only Jill and Amelia. And then now we have Monica, Amelia, and Bev. So just having female coaches, I feel like it's just super important, like qualified coaches, right? So um, the rest of the teams, they are men coach, men coaches, but you you have like a very experienced uh, pool of, of, of coaches, right? Like, like Vincent Blaine from Jamaica or like a Jones from Trinidad used to be a national team player for the men's side. Um, Delepine from Haiti, he was a very good coach that came from, you know, D1, D2 in France and Nacho, Vladko, these are all people that, you know, domestically they've done really, really well, right? And I think I'm very excited to see, you know, more tactics involved. Um, now with technology and video analysis, I feel like, it's it's going to be it's going to be very very competitive right in terms of um preparation right um and also versatility right i think uh more teams have more players right and the pool is just like sandra was saying like the pool from mexico is just like ginormous at this point likewise usa likewise um heck likewise even even jamaica right if, if you include um you know, the same numbers from like the 2018 to fast forward to 2022, you have um, players playing in from the F FAWSL, right? You have, uh, you know, Drew Spence plays for Chelsea. You have Becky Spencer, who Tottenham player coming into the program and just making immediate impact. And you also have way more players that are playing in, in qualities. Like Courtney was kind of uh, alluding to us and Swaby, you know, playing in Angel City, Bunny in Manchester City, right? And these programs are just getting better. Um, likewise in Costa Rica, as I mentioned before, um, with Priscilla Chinchilla playing in Glasgow, but you also have like a Shirley Cruz that, you know, Champions League winner. She played in all rain, like NWSL, like over 30. Like who who else does that? You know, it's it when I when I heard the news that she was going into all rain, I'm like, this lady's crazy. Is she insane? Like the kneecap <laughs> is just gonna like explode at this point. <laughs> And she did, yeah. she played well, you know, it's like, it's insane to me. And, you know, it's just a testament to why people idolize her like so much. Cause she just, she just doesn't like give up and she just works really, really hard. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Um, Central America, they're very tactical, they're very possession based soccer, right. Or football rather. Um, 
likewise the Caribbean, they have a lot of players and people playing in 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 high places where soccer IQ or football IQ rather football understanding is is relatively high, right? So transferring that from club to country is always uh, fascinating and and exciting. And I guess my my top three uh, coaches to watch or like programs to watch definitely Mexico, Costa Rica, and Canada, just because they have like women coaches and um, hopefully you know more national teams will invest in women to uh, to you know get accredited and and be you know part of program and during my time at Congress, I just wanted to give a shout out to Karina because during her time she did um, implement uh, women's only like D license course to Im- to increase the number of women coaches and I remember uh, like just writing like the article for that I'm like wow this is incredible right I can't wait you know five ten years time to see you know every single women's national team in Congress have like a woman a woman as a coach. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a it's a it's a very exciting time. Hopefully, you know, hopefully Congress will continue with the women's only uh, coaching programs and that doesn't die off. But just really, really excited to see, you know, the I would say the the results of that investment. But uh, what what about you, Courtney? What are your what are your favorite coaches or programs to look out for from tactical technical side? Well, I was going to say, actually, the. Um, the three mentioned with uh, women's head coaches. I just think that in general is really, really important um, just with, for example, like who historically we've seen at the helm for a lot of these programs. And so even just like, yes, it might be a basic take, but like just kind of the importance of having women's coaches at the helm. And I think we've even seen, um, especially with, for example, Canada and, and Mexico of um, how it might be like better, more effective at points for maybe increasing buy-in from players, things like that. Um, but also seeing it's just like, for me, generally important to see um, women coaches at the highest level and also being incredibly successful, which I imagine many of these coaches will be come the end of July, come the end of this tournament. Um, so yeah, that's who, yeah, those, I completely agree that those are kind of the three that I'm looking out for. Um, but we've been chatting for a while and I don't want to hold you two for much longer but so we've seen we now have all eight teams obviously we don't know groups but you know so something crazy might happen group wise um but let's just say that we don't know the groups who are the top four that get automatic qualification to the 2023 women's world cup sandra you want to start or do, do you want me to start you know what or, you know what Courtney, Courtney, yeah Courtney. you're the whole yeah, <laughs> I'll start um this is like semi-ranked um but I actually think Mexico is going to go number one um listening actually oh. to uh their most recent episode of attacking third uh with Sandra Herrera, uh, Lisa Roman and I think Lori Lindsay was a guest uh Lori was talking about um the importance of atmosphere uh, yeah. especially mm-hmm. for like going places and so I think having the qualifier today, like the atmosphere is just going to be insane. Um, and so I very much expect Mexico to go number one. Um, number two, I'm probably going to say Canada, uh, even though there were, you know, sometimes a little funny decisions that happened over uh, this past international window. I think like Bev is just kind of going to get them together. And if we still see Christine Sinclair um, in the mix, I think she's just gonna be like I want to score a whole bunch of goals <laughs> um number three I'm going U.S. which I know is probably a hot take but I don't know compared to like thinking about how Mexico is playing how Canada is playing um and also we 
the U.S. is currently in an injury crisis. <laughs> like, yeah. where, where are the defenders? Yep. They're all they're all injured, even though shout out to Alana Cook and Naomi Gurma. But, you know, there are injuries. Uh, and then number four, I'm going Jamaica. I've just been honestly riding on that program and seeing them play yesterday, seeing them play a few different times. Uh, I just think, and also knowing, like, if, for example, a player like Bunny Shaw isn't necessarily getting a lot of minutes at Manchester City, uh, and we see this a few times where maybe a player is not getting the most minutes at the club level and then go on to, like, play on their national team and kind of explode and or vice versa. So um, I'm very much expecting Bunny Shaw to be like, I'm just going to score a whole bunch of goals. Um, but also with Jody Brown, Allison Swaby on the back line, Becky Spencer uh, is very fun to watch as well. She actually almost had an assist yesterday. I was like, why can we get a goalkeeper assist? But those are probably the, um, the four I get for automatic qualification. And then there's a fifth spot that goes to the internet, intercontinental yeah, it's like a playoff. Spot. It's like a two... Two yeah. slide to the, the last three. To the, to the so like intercontinental playoff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those two, I haven't really thought about it, but if I'm going to go off the top of my head, I'd probably go, uh, I'd go Costa Rica and Panama. Those are two that will go to the intercontinental playoffs, which I hope they do get to the, like, if those are the two, I very much want. Them. I want a lot of CONCACAF representation in the next World Cup is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you all? How about you, Anna? Well, I think Mexico number one, just because fandom is so important, especially when it comes to you know they're they're the they're like the twelfth man on the pitch, right? So it's or twelfth woman rather or twelfth person. Um, They're just very important to have, and you know, especially in in Mexico where they have this like mentality of like you don't beat us at home. I feel like they're gonna take that very seriously. I've said in like other. And podcasts that you know when you play in Azteca Stadium, whether you're a man or a woman, you you don't get beaten there. But I feel like that's kind of like the common trend, period, in Mexico, like regardless of stadium, right? So I think I'll go with Mexico number one. Uh, I would say Canada number two. I would say for number three, uh, Costa Rica or Haiti. Ooh. I'm kind of like tied there. Number four, either U.S. or Jamaica. Just because of injury situation, yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get like slapped in the face by people, but <laughs> for sure number four USA or or um or Jamaica. Um, and the two spots left, I would say definitely um Panama is is a very big contender, and then uh and yeah, I'll hook Trinidad and Tobago, right? It's a uh, they're very exciting. But if, but if, yeah, I mean, Haiti and Costa Rica are just like tied, honestly. It's just like, it's very hard because they're both like very potent teams to yeah. make it through. But uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think fitness and physic, like level of fitness is going to be the, the ter- determining factor, right? So if they, if fitness is not, I would say, an issue, that's how it's going to be. But if fitness is an issue, it will change a little bit. Like USA will, creep up but yeah um hopefully you know they have enough time june a lot of the clubs are out right for the international uh break and they just don't play so hopefully you know federations can take that time to you know get really fit and like just you know destroy but how about you sandra i would love (laughs) to see it i'm i'm here i'm i'm open for for the upset i think this is 
you know, next to the World Cup, these are some of the biggest stages, right? Because they're the they're the qualifiers. They're to determine who's gonna be at that 2023 World Cup. I um I'm I'm with everybody. I think we kind of have the same four to six in in some aspect. Um, uh, but I think the number one I think might be the consensus. I think we're all going with Mexico on this one. I just think there's there's too much for them to play for, too much for them to to prove. And uh, I love that, Courtney, that you mentioned the episode that we had Lorian, because, I mean, you're talking about the last time Mexico or the United States had a problem with qualifying for the World Cup. It was against Mexico in in Mexico. And she talked yeah. about that. I loved hearing uh, Lori Lindsay talk about that, being like, look, we we fucked up like we we <laughs> underestimated things. We did not you know, take into consideration the the environment, uh, the, the, the the pitch that we were going to be playing on. And I love that she was like, you know, kept it real and being like, yeah, we, we lost that game for a reason. And um, I think with Mexico and the, and the other teams that are involved, I think there's, they're primed to make a run and not just punch their ticket to the World Cup, but kind of make a statement a little bit. Like you, like not only have we returned, like we're back and we're better. So I think Mexico is going to be that team to watch. Maybe take number, maybe take number one. Um, I'm going to say that U.S. is actually going to take number two. I'm going to say that there's a lot of injuries going on right now, but we've seen this team be able to make adjustments and be able to slot other players in when they need to. And uh, I think there's going to be enough between now the June international window and NWSL action that a lot of these players are going to find themselves either getting more experience or more into form. Um, so I'm going to go one Mexico to USA. I'm going to go three Canada and I'm going to go, this was a toss up for me for number four between Costa Rica and Jamaica. But uh, talking to, uh, you know, Stella Marley, covering the Footballers Freedom event, looking at the histories between Costa Rica and Jamaica, this kind of one of, I think, more underrated, one of our more friendly rivalries in this um, in, in this uh, in this region. But I'm going to give the advantage to Jamaica. And I'm going to say that Costa Rica is going to have to is also going to be at the World Cup, but they're going to have to play in. Um, and I just think that uh, the reggae girls. If they find themselves going up against Costa Rica, uh, it'll be a tight, tight match because those are always very like close, close matches. Um, but if they figure out a way to retain more of the ball, maybe they can come out ahead uh, of Costa Rica. But uh, I, uh, I really do think we're going to see more than more than four Concacaf teams at the World Cup. I really do believe that. Hopefully, we see six. Yeah, look, that'd be great. Straight up. That would I'm be just putting out these expectations, you know, just six. Well, and if we're, we're wrong, we'll come back and talk about how we were wrong. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, I mean, like, there's so there's truly so much time between here and July. I mean, we're sitting here in April and July. Everything might change. Like, so many things could happen. Um, but I want to thank you both for being here with me, Sandra. And I thank you so much. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and your work? Yeah, I write a lot of stuff about a lot of different women's soccer at cbssports.com and talk about a lot of different women's soccer uh, on Attacking Third. So you, whenever you're looking for some women's soccer show, you could find Attacking Third on YouTube, on all different kinds of streaming services. We got on top of the show, we also have all kinds of great highlights for you to watch. So if you're looking for clips of any NWSL matches, CONCACAF qualifiers that you may have missed, uh, some European qualifiers that you may have missed, 
and uh, and so much more. Quite frankly, we got a lot of uh, of, of highlights on there. So check out Attacking Third uh, wherever you get some of your women's soccer content. Yeah, for sure. And on my side, I'm uh, I'm like a free bird right now. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I do more data driven things. Um, I'm on Twitter. I tweet a lot. When I tweet, um, it's not that much, but hopefully it's a uh, it's a uh, good stuff. But my Instagram is the Anatron, and my Twitter is the Anatron FC. Um, and then you can also follow. Uh, I'm the founder of Football Ace, so you can follow Football Ace. They have uh, Spanish only content. Yep. For the NWSL, for Congress, for Come Bowl. Um, you can also follow Medina, right? Um, uh, on Football Ace at Football Ace Media. Um, so if you have any questions or any comments, concerns about anything I said, you know, you can yeah, right. direct message me. Don't add us on Twitter. <laughs> These are way yeah. too early predictions. Don't add us I didn't, on Twitter. I didn't give mine, but if y'all want to add me, you yeah, have to yeah. find me. So go find me. I'm sure. I'm sure if any, it's, 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 it's interesting because I've worked with like all these teams yeah, and yeah. if they hear me saying like the stuff that I've been saying like i feel like some people will take it personally but it's you know it's it's you're gonna get some sex messages yeah i'm thinking about this more from like a football perspective not really like a fitness perspective (laughs) so i I could i i'm gonna be 100 percent wrong for sure but it's okay we're we're here to have fun but thank you courtney for having us and this was very fun yeah this was fun love love dice board best Yes, thank you guys so, so much for being here. Uh, actually, Dice for listeners, we're going to have two episodes this week. We have this full CONCACAF uh, qualifier spectacular, uh, CONCACAF qualifier championship spectacular. I was trying to do some alliteration and it didn't work. Uh, but thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U-T-D-P-O-D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.